0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the old song goes, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Big 12 Conference schedule for BYU. Seems like a tough one for BYU, and I think that the Cougars are up against it in 2023. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, making it your first listen of the day. Very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is, your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's title sponsors are our new friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com com slash locked on today to get started. All right, well, let's get started on today's show. We finally have it, my friends. Months and months and months of waiting. BYU finally has their first Big Twelve schedule in their hands. We all saw it. I came out. I'm recording this at one o'clock Mountain Time. On Wednesday afternoon, is it Tuesday afternoon? Uh, Tuesday afternoon, I can't remember what day it is. But nonetheless, BYU's schedule is out, and my overall takeaway for BYU's debut in the Big 12 is BYU is going to have a very, very stout slate of games this fall. For those of you who may be living under a rock and have not seen it already, the season starts off Saturday, September 2nd, as they will host the Sam Houston Bearcats in Provo, Utah. The following week, they welcome Southern Utah into Provo for their second-ever meeting. It's the first-ever meeting between Sam Houston, in BYU. Second ever meeting between the Thunderbirds and BYU on September 9th, and then BYU plays their lone non-conference road game the week following that going to Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks in a hopefully a payback game from last year's loss here in Provo. Then The Big 12 season begins Saturday, September 23rd, and BYU will open their Big 12 membership on the road at Kansas against the Jayhawks. Of course, Lance Leopold did a really good job getting Kansas off to a solid start. They faltered on the stretch uh, in a big way this past season, but Kansas seems to be on the come-up, so it's going to be a fun one out there in Lawrence, Kansas. Then BYU faces just their lone uh, matchup of newcomers with Cincinnati coming to town on Friday, September 29th. This is the end. annual BYU pre-conference game and the Big 12 actually did them a favor by allowing them to play this game on Friday night. They'll have a bye week October 7th so after five games BYU gets an October bye and I think it's a fantastic place for this bye to come because BYU will have already played two of their Big 12 games also a very tough game at Arkansas and should enjoy that week off and then It gets really real, I feel like. Saturday, October 14th, they're at TCU. Saturday, October 21st, Texas Tech comes to town. Then they finish out October by making a trip to DKR Memorial in Austin, Texas to take on the Texas Longhorns. Should be a big matchup there. And then the month of November features what I think is one of the better home slates of of what we've seen for BYU in many, many years. They obviously will open November at West Virginia against the Mountaineers. That's the longest road trip of the season for BYU, going two time zones to Milan-Pusker uh, Pusker Stadium out there in Morgantown. Then they're home for Saturday, November 11th against Iowa State. And then the game. This is the game that I wanted. I, I was being uh, greedy about anything with regards to BYU in the Big 12. I wanted to see the Oklahoma Sooners in Provo, Utah, and that will come true on Saturday, November, 19th, excuse me, November 18th, Excuse me, as Oklahoma, the Sooner Schooner, will be coming to Provo, Utah. Should be a fantastic senior day slash senior night out there at LES and then BYU will finish up their debut season in the Big 12 with a road date at Oklahoma State. So I think this is actually a really, really fun set of games in terms of the overall thrill value, the entertainment value, just the overall uh, feel for what BYU is going up against this season, it's very, very difficult. Uh, honestly, I, I look at the, this set of games and think, man, BYU. As I have said, six and six should be the benchmark for BYU success this season. But the overarching theme I want all of you to take away from today's show, I guess, my initial take because we're gonna we'll, we'll delve more into these games here in a moment. I'm gonna kind of break down how I see at current time how BYU could go about getting to 6-6 six and six this year. We'll get to that in a moment. But my overall takeaway is that BYU is getting a lot of respect as a TV property coming into this season. The thing about this is BYU is the only newcomer. There's the four newcomer schools coming into the conference in UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. Only one of them is facing both Texas and Oklahoma this season, and it's the BYU football program. ESPN, Fox, the Big 12 understand the TV brand that BYU Is it draws eyeballs literally worldwide? It gets people to pay attention and they want to get as many eyeballs on games as they can. Well, having a road game at Texas for BYU is a great way to do that, and also having a home game for BYU against Oklahoma should draw plenty of eyeballs. The other thing about this is is get ready once again for the late-night games in Provo, Utah. It would not surprise me in the least to see Sam Houston, Southern Utah, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, and Iowa State all as 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock kickoffs in Provo, Utah. The only home game that I see potentially being moved up during the day, maybe maybe the Southern Utah one gets moved as well because it's an FCS game, but the only... I guess power five game that BYU has on their schedule. I could be seeing moved up to an earlier kick in Provo is that Oklahoma game. Oklahoma is a power brand. We all know this. It's one of the quote unquote blue bloods of the sport. And it would not surprise me to maybe see that as an afternoon kick a one thirty or maybe even a five o'clock kick in late November for BYU to get that game on national TV in front of as many eyeballs as possible, especially in terms of eyeballs in the central and Eastern time zones. So, uh, Get ready for the late kicks, but be excited. This is fantastic stuff because it's it's real, folks. This is really real. We've all known BYU's going into the Big Twelve. We've known that for many many months, if not years now. But the nice part is we now know when, where, and who BYU is playing. And it's just it's getting more and more real. I cannot wait personally for July first when we finally get to celebrate BYU officially. It's officially official. July one when BYU becomes a member of the Big Twelve Conference. But seeing this laid out on in a grid on a schedule, uh, platform just to see how BYU is lining up this fall, man, it is, it is a ton of fun. I I'm, I'm completely beside myself. Just looking at this currently scheming, uh, how to get to as many away games as I possibly can here in the first, uh, season of uh, BYU's big 12 membership. I may be lucky enough to travel with my radio station. That's still to be determined, but I, I also, I may just have to bite the bullet and travel to some of these games. Making a return trip to Texas, I made the last two trips that BYU played at Texas, and I would love nothing more than getting back down there to watch BYU and Texas play. I want to go to TCU to see, obviously, the national runner-up this past year. I think going to Arkansas would be a ton of fun, an SEC team. Kansas, just for the first BYU Big 12 contest of their tenure in the Big 12, that seems like it's a a must-do. So, I want you guys to weigh in on this. If you have not done so already on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, let us know what you think of BYU's Big 12 slate. I would love nothing more than your feedback. What do you think the record's going to be? Where do you see the potential pitfalls for BYU? Do you think they can hold up against this stout of a schedule in their first year in the Big 12? I want your guys' takeaways. Please weigh in via social media and obviously... Uh, let us know in your YouTube comments as well about what you think about this schedule. Alright, coming up next, as mentioned, I want to talk about how I think BYU gets to 6-6, six and six, at least to bowl eligibility this season, because I, I do see the route for BYU to do that. Is it going to go down that way? Absolutely not. I can say it one thing, but we all know that football is a weird thing. It's a weirdly shaped ball that bounces weird ways, and obviously that's going to have an impact on how BYU does in their first season of, independ- uh, not independence, of their Big 12 membership. I keep saying Independence because I've been so used to it for so long. But the first member, first season as members of the Big 12, we'll talk about that here momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, FanDuel has been with us for the better part of about three weeks now. And the best part is, this is the only app you will need at your Super Bowl Super Bowl party this year. And that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are, of course, excited to have our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, for locked on because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel like myself, that's even better. Better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with what they call a no-sweat first bet, my friends. You get up to $3,000 right there, three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Prop bets are out there. No matter what you're looking for when it comes to the big game or any other sport out there, it doesn't matter what you got. FanDuel has got you covered. The best part is the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get your paid, you can get paid out your winnings instantly from our friends at FanDuel. So get on it, my friends. The best part is it's all mobile. You can do it via your phone. You don't have to be on a computer. You don't have to call in. You, you just do it. Via your phone, download that FanDuel app today. Get started today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Once again, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and of course, our official sportsbook right here on the On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Locked On is out at the Senior Bowl this week. Get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing, three of them including Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, and Puka Nakua, all in one location. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft Show for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and Thursday night at 9 o'clock Eastern. That's 7 o'clock Mountain Time for those of you here along the Wasatch Front. If you want to tune into that, it should be fun. Uh, Real quick, by the way. Early reports out of uh, the Senior Bowl. Blake Freeland performing as expected, doing very well in one-on-one drills. Pukunakua, an absolute sensation. I saw one person, I'm having Nick Faribaugh, who covers the NFL draft for, uh, for the Athletic, saying that Pukunakua was the best wide receiver in the early part of the Senior Bowl here on Tuesday. Fantastic stuff for him. Now the downer. Jaron Hall apparently was not very good. Had a couple of good passes, but by and large, most of the analysis I saw from people on the ground said that he struggled with decision-making, holding onto the football, looking tentative in making decisions. Kind of the anti-Jaron Hall of what we expected. So hopefully he bounces back. But, uh, of course, we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys throughout the week as we continue on with the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm currently working with folks at Locked On down down there in Provo, in Mobile, Alabama, where the Senior Bowl is located to hopefully facilitate some conversations, interviews, and the like with guys down there at the Senior Bowl. And, of course, we'll have you covered all week long on that front. All right, so – what are the chances BYU can make the run and get to 6-6 six and six on the season? That's obviously, I think, what a lot of you are wondering. What What is it going to take for BYU to get to bowl eligibility? And some of you may be pie-in-the-sky folks who think that BYU can go 8-4 and four potentially this first year. I'm not saying that they can't, but they're going to have to capture, capture some absolute lightning in a bottle, I feel like, to go anything beyond 6-6 six and six this year. I, I've said it for months now on this podcast. The goal for me going into the first season for BYU in the Big 12 is to simply get to 6-6. Six and six. Get to bowl eligibility, and anything beyond that is gravy. You get to seven and five, eight and four, nine and three, on and on and on. That to me would just be an absolutely just hey. This has been a phenomenal year, but six and six for me is what the goal should be for BYU in this inaugural season in the Big 12. So how do they do that? Well, I think it starts out with obviously picking up wins over both well, Sam Houston and Southern Utah in your first two games of the season. You should be 2-0 and heading to Arkansas on Saturday, September 16th. Now, Arkansas obviously pummeled you here in Provo last year, but Arkansas was kind of a middling team, and they took advantage of BYU's defensive woes. If you will recall, the reporting was that the day after this loss to Arkansas, Eliza Tuiok. Tuiaki offered his resignation to Kalani Satake. So the hope is BYU can hopefully go to Arkansas and exact some revenge down there in SEC country. Am I expecting that? I'm 50-50 on that one. But I do think that that is one of the games that might be a linchpin to BYU getting to 6-6 or not. Now, other games I think BYU can pick off. I think they can pick off Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati is a highly talented program, but they have a new coach, a new scheme, all that stuff. And it should be pretty well established a month into the season when they make the trip to Provo, but they are making the long trip across the Rockies to face BYU. And I think BYU should be able to pick up a win there. So that's three wins in my mind are those three. At Kansas is similar to Arkansas. Are you getting the Kansas started out the first part of 2022? Very, very strong. Or are you getting the Kansas that finished the season on, on the, Down on the backside where they slumped a little bit uh, towards the tail end of the season. Well, considering this is early enough in the season, I think Lance Leopold's team makes this a much more difficult game. So that's a little bit of a toss-up for me between Kansas and Arkansas. But I will say this. I do think that BYU needs to pick off one of those games. Whether it's at Arkansas or Kansas, you need to win one of those, I think, to get the bowl eligibility. Then you get to the bye week. So in theory, BYU could be sitting at 3-2, and two, I think at best 4-1. and one. And if they're at 4-1 and one, by the time the bye week comes along, that's phenomenal. And by the way, this bye week, thank heavens for October bye weeks. This is about as perfectly placed as it could have been. If you were to ask me, I would have preferred to have it at October 14th at the exact middle way uh, for BYU. But the nice part is they'll have gotten their feet wet in the Big 12 facing both Kansas and Cincinnati. They can rest up, heal up, and then hit it strong once again because the next three of four after this are very, very tough. And by the way, also three of them are... All four of them are tough, but three of them are on the road is what I was trying to say. They open that up against the National Runner-Up from this past season at TCU. Now, TCU will be playing the week before this. BYU will have an a, about an eight-day window to heal up because they have that game Friday, September 29th, and they don't play again until October 14th. So they have an extra eight days plus game week to get ready. So it's a 15 days off for BYU. It's a phenomenal thing going to TCU. Then you come home for the lone home game in this stretch against Texas Tech. It's a very 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 tough game, I feel like. Joey McGuire has got Texas Tech rolling a bit here, and I think they should be even better than they were this past season in his second year at the helm. Then you go to, to, to Texas. I am not saying that Texas is back, but Sark feels like he has got Texas rolling once again. Uh, It could be uh, Quinn Ewers at quarterback. It could be uh, Arch Manning at quarterback. We don't know, but you go to Texas, it's a very tough game. And then you finish off that slate with your longest road trip of the season. After you go to Texas, you fly back to Pro Bowl, and then you fly clear across the country to Morgantown, West Virginia, to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, West Virginia, Neil Brown is entering year five of his uh, tenure with the Mountaineers. He has not been very good. He went five and seven this past season. According to reports, came very close to getting fired. He very well, if the season does not start out very good for West Virginia, be fired before BYU shows up in uh, West Virginia for that game. So that game right there, to me, is win number four that I have pegged on this board for BYU. So I have those four, and then you have the final three games of the season, uh, two of them at home. First one against Iowa State, November 11th in Provo. Now, this is a game with Iowa State struggling like they did last year. Matt Campbell's got to rebound a little bit, but I'm not 100% convinced he has all the pieces, at least that I, as I understand it. Obviously, the transfer portal can change all that to make Iowa State what they once were. they got a very stingy defense and did this past season, average, allowing just 20.3 points per game on average. But I feel like if you want to get the bowl eligibility for BYU, you have to pick off Iowa State. Then comes a gauntlet in the final two games of the season. You welcome Oklahoma to Provo for Senior Day. Now obviously Oklahoma was very middling this past year, but you can guarantee they are looking forward to getting back to being the Oklahoma that we've all known them to be. Winning 10 games, 11 games, making runs at college football playoffs, New Year's six bowl games. I don't think BYU is going to beat Oklahoma at home on senior day. Crazier things have happened. We all know that injuries play a role in all this. It's all a gamble, but I do think that BYU loses that one. And I also do think that they go on the road in the final game of the season at Oklahoma State. I don't think they beat the Cowboys out there. I know that Mike Gundy is under the gun right now. Uh, Pardon the pun, but he has got all kinds of defections going on with his coaching staff. He had five of his top six wide receivers transfer. His quarterback left for Ole Miss. He's got a lot of turnover happening there, but I just don't know that going to Stillwater, to me, is a win for BYU. So... I see it as BYU has five that I would count as wins right now. Sam Houston, Southern Utah, uh, excuse me, four I I would count as wins. Sam Houston, Southern Utah, uh, West Virginia, and Iowa State. Then you have to pick off two other games. I think, as I said, the, the combination of at Arkansas, at Kansas, or picking off both of those would get BYU to bowl eligibility. I think you pick off one of those games in theory you're at 4-1 and one before your bye week so you only need to pick off two more games in the back half of the schedule and I think you get that against Iowa State and West Virginia and then you're smooth sailing. Oh I said, I screwed all that up so rewind, I apologize. I also mentioned that Cincinnati, I see that being a win so I screwed up, I apologize. So that's the way I see six wins. Is your 3-2 and 4-1 and one coming into your bye week and on the back half, I think you pick up the West Virginia and Iowa State wins and and then you pick off one of Arkansas and Kansas. And I know the back half of the slate, if you were only to pick up two wins in the back half of that, it's not going to look all that great for BYU. But this is a building process, folks. Let's understand this. BYU's going into a conference, the highest level of football they have ever played. Aspiring to think that they are going to be a power player right out of the gate in the Big 12, it's just too much for me. I think that 6-6 six and six is where the benchmark should be set for BYU. You get to a bowl game, by the way, at six and six in the Big 12, you will be playing in a better bowl game than BYU probably played in the entirety of their time. In independence, I I don't mean to be crass about it. I mean to be rude about it. But you will not be playing in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, bleeping Louisiana. You will not be subject to going to New Mexico to play in the New Mexico Bowl. You'll be playing in something like the Cheesa Bowl. I I don't know something that's it's a warm weather destination, ideally, hopefully, but it's a better destination, a more prestigious bowl game with a bigger payout than you've ever had during your independent era. That is the positive if you get to six and six here for BYU. So. I, I think this is a really, really decent setup for BYU. Probably should have taken out that FanDuel graphic earlier, but nonetheless, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you know what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, the biggest thing for BYU is get to 6-6. Six and six. Make this a season of building because I think I've talked about this as well in the past, that Utah, I know that BYU's arch-rival just bear with me for a minute, but Utah has walked the path that BYU has walked. TCU has walked this path as well. Both of those programs over a decade ago went through some very early struggles, and TCU has not necessarily been the stellar program that Utah has been for the last four or five years, but both of them had their stumbles early on joining the Power Five ranks. BYU should and has been looking at those two programs as being just, I guess, what you call uh, benchmarks or Guideposts, or uh, uh, what am I say, trailblazers. Uh, there we go, trailblazers, and how BYU needs to approach uh, getting into the Big Twelve and building their program from there. Like I said, if you get to 6-6 six and six this year, anything beyond that I think is gravy. I think it would be fantastic. But the goal for BYU is that they don't essentially set a pace that they can't keep up with early on in their Big 12 membership. You get to 6-6 six six this year. You follow that up maybe at 7-5 and five in year two, and then you start to build from there, and you build on the recruiting because you're playing in the Power 5 ranks. Guys have seen you, young men who may be playing in the Big 12 uh, footprint now, are starting to see BYU show up more and more often to their school, and they're like, oh yeah, okay, I know what you guys are, you guys are all about. I want to come play there. That is the goal here for BYU as they continue to build towards being a, a productive and a contending member of the Big 12. Do I expect BYU to be playing for a Big 12 championship three or four years into being members of the Big 12 conference? No, I don't, honestly. If they do, great. We'll be celebrating it. I'd love that because, trust me, more eyeballs on my podcast and my content if that were to happen. But I think this is going to be a slow build for BYU. They have to up their recruiting. They have to continue to invest in the program, the programs, I guess, in the Big 12 as well. They can't just worry about just football. they got to continue to fund all the different sports out there. The nice part about it is it comes with a bigger paycheck going into the Big 12 conference. So, a lot of good things happening for BYU. And I, I, I'm so excited just to have this schedule on, on the docket. Now, let's acknowledge one fun thing. BYU will be going to West Virginia. And Keaton Slovis, BYU's new presumed QB1, did utter a famous phrase in the lead-up to a matchup between Pitt and West Virginia this past season. It was the season opener, the backyard brawl, as they call it, out there between the Panthers and the Mountaineers. He got up on a podium and said, one more thing, bleep West Virginia. You can guarantee we're going to try and get him to say fetch West Virginia or something like that that week if, if we can manage it. But that was just kind of a fun thing. I remember that uh, coming out the week leading up to that game and him saying bleep West Virginia. You can go Google it if you want it. It's NSFW. Let's be clear. It's a, it's the king, queen, king mother of all dirty words out there. But it did make me chuckle a little bit because I have one of those personalities that found that absolutely hilarious because I love rivalries in this sport. So uh, the other, th- I guess, one other thing on this. Lamenting a little bit the fact that BYU doesn't have a traditional rival on this. There's no West, There's no Utah. There's no Utah State. There's no Boise State here. Uh, programs that BYU has grown accustomed to playing on an annual basis are not on this schedule. In future seasons, hopefully they will return. We know that Utah will be in 2024, but I would love to see at some point down the road Boise State or Utah State pop up every so often in the non-conference lay I think it would be a fantastic thing to have them be a part of it. And maybe Boise State at some point gets the invite to join the Big 12 and then that reignites that rivalry. That would be fun to have as well but that's probably years and years down the road it feels like so my overall uh, gut feeling is that BYU there is a there is a decent path 6-6, six and, six. and I think that that should be where BYU, myself, and you out there in Cougar Nation, should be uh, kind of setting your benchmark, your expectations for the Cougars of this season. You disagree with me? I'd love nothing more. As I said, uh, please weigh in with your thoughts on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Uh Let us know via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Where do you see the, the pitfalls? What do you think BYU's path to whatever record you think they're capable of achieving is? Uh, weigh in in the YouTube comments. We'd love nothing more than for you guys to be a bigger part of the show. I always say you guys are the lifeblood of this. My podcast doesn't exist without you guys listening, downloading, and watching it. So thank you so much for doing so. All right. We will finish out today's show. Uh, with one final note on the Big 12 schedule for uh, the conference it's and all that still to come right here on Locked On Cougars. First, a word on our friends over at Bilt Bar. Obviously, a lot of us out there have gone through uh, the, the the New Year's period trying to get the, get your weight under control potentially with one of your New Year's resolutions. I know I did that. I wanted to eat a little bit healthier. I've been trying to do that. And if you're le- like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise on taste, give our friends at Bilt Bar a try. The best part about Built Bar is they are actually tasteless. Tasty. They're the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I can promise you that. The best part is what makes Built Bar so good. They're covered for starters in 100% real chocolate. It's absolutely incredible. The best bars they got flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, uh, cookie doughs out there. I had a one uh, during the Christmas period that might be off the shelves now, but it was snickerdoodle. I still have a couple of them saved, and I love these Built Bars. The best part is that they're incredibly healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein the macros on these things are absolutely insane and the best part is you used to have to just go to built.com to place your order there and you can still do that Uh, by the way at Bilt.com use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order but if you want to get them right now, you you need them in your hands, you can get them right now at your local Smith's or Sam's Club, that's right, you can head to your local Smith's today, grab yourself a box of Built Bars, they have four bar boxes at Smith's of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, or salted caramel, brownie batter puffs, those are all available at Smith's or if you're a bulk buyer like myself, you can go to Sam's Club and get a 13 bar pack with their hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro in there. You can thank me later, they're absolutely marvelous. Once again, either stop in your local Smith's or Sam's Club today or go to built.com and get and join the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Bilt bar. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, I was mentioning on today's show, which is technically going to be the February 1st show. So this is technically the signing day show. I'll probably do another one tomorrow afternoon after BYU signing day is all locked up and all done and put to bed. We'll talk more about what happened on signing day for BYU, by the way. I guess a little bit of a uh, heads up on that. I'm not expecting a ton of action for BYU. I'm hearing more and more rumors that BYU is very much in the mix for LJ Martin. I'm not saying that they're certain they're going to sign him, but BYU feels cautiously optimistic they're going to get the running back out of El Paso to sign a BYU. Uh, with regards to other guys signing with BYU on Motemonga, I have no feel on. We'll see what happens there. He did release a top four that did not have BYU in it. I guess that is a mild concern if you're a BYU fan that a guy that you're hoping to sign from Timview doesn't have BYU in his graphic that he put out for his final four. But There's other guys that BYU will be pursuing. The other thing about this is you're probably going to see a number of guys between now and then. We saw Drew Cowart do this. He's a quarterback out of a American Leadership Academy in Arizona. Uh, We also saw um, uh, Prince Zombo, who's also from Arizona, a high school wide receiver down there, an all-state guy in the prep ranks in Arizona. They had announced they were committed to BYU, but you will not hear their names announced by BYU because they are preferred walk-ons. They are guys that are not going to have a national letter of intent uh, that they are signing with BYU. They may sign some agreement that says, hey, I'm going to walk on at BYU and it guarantees me my spot, but that is not a binding document. It's not going to be announced by BYU. So, uh, on future episodes of this show, we'll probably go through the group of guys that committed to the program that are uh, signings, also guys who are preferred walk-ons, transfers. We're going to have to break it all down. There's very much a large pool that people the BYU draws from. And the other thing that we don't talk about probably enough with signing day is that BYU has a bunch of return missionaries. The nice part is, and that's my final point here on today's show, is that every single one of these guys, whether they're going on a mission, they're enrolling early, they've already enrolled at BYU, they're enrolling this summer, or they're coming home off of a mission – Every single one of these players is now a Big 12 football player. Think about that, my friends. For many, many years, BYU went independent with the goal of getting to this level, to being a Power 5 program, and it's here. All these guys have been recruited with the whole mind of being, I'm going to be a Big 12 football player. I'm going to be playing high-level football. I'm playing against Texas. I'm playing against Oklahoma. I'm playing Houston. I'm uh, whatever, on down the list. Texas Tech. Texas uh, it's incredible to consider this for BYU. Now, did BYU miss some teams on the schedule I probably would have liked to have seen? Sure, because they only face one other fellow newcomer. They missed UCF and Houston on this year's schedule. They also missed Kansas State. I actually thought Kansas State might end up on this schedule for BYU. But the nice part is BYU's here for the long haul. They have made it. It's real, folks. BYU is a Big 12 program. Let's celebrate that and get ready for what should and promises to be a really unique, and I would... I'm going to say it's going to be a fun era. Are there going to be losses along the way? They're probably going to tick you off? Absolutely. But try and keep perspective on this. This is the highest level BYU football. Over 100 years of playing football for BYU. They have never played at this level of football. It requires more diligence, more talent, more time, uh, more money. It requires more of everything. But let's get ready. It's really Really fun time to be a member of the BYU fan base and also to be a member of the Big 12 Conference. So thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars, a Power 5 podcast now, uh, your first listen of the day. Pardon that. It was kind of, it just came to my mind right as I was going along here. But also make sure you make sure that you check out Locked On Big Twelve. Get more of a, a national perspective on the conference, the schedule overall from our friends over at the Locked On Big Twelve podcast. Josh Neighbors does a great job covering it every single day on BYU's new conference home. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast. It's also available on YouTube. All right, my friends. Until next time. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members.